Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray right now for this Bible lesson that we're going to have. As we open up the Bible, Lord God, bless it. And Lord God, anoint it with your spirit. Let it penetrate our hearts. We thank you, Father, for everyone that's here, Lord. For those that are desiring to honor you, Lord, both online and here physically in church. Bless the service. Help me as your servant to communicate your word, Lord God. Anoint it. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said... Hallelujah. Amen. Here, here we go. Matthew chapter 3, starting at verse number 1. The Bible says this. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord. Make his paths straight. I think that's a message that we can say even today. Can you say amen, church? We need to prepare for the Lord's coming. Amen. Verse 4. And John himself was clothed in camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. Then Jerusalem, all Judea, and all the region around the Jordan went out to him and were baptized by him in the Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism... He said to them, brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Therefore, bear fruits worthy of repentance. And do not think to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. For I say to you that God is able to raise up children to Abraham from these stones. And even now, the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree which does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I indeed baptize you... With water, this is my favorite verse right here. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And I like the way it says it in the old King James. He will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. And that's what we want to talk about here this morning. We want to talk about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Now, for a while, now, I've had been prompted by the Holy Spirit to speak or teach on the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Then a few weeks ago, when we were having our basic doctrine class on, on a Thursday night, our topic was Jesus Christ, our divine healer. How many of you know that Jesus Christ can still heal us supernaturally? Can you say amen? So we were talking about Jesus Christ as our divine healer. In other words, healing that comes from God. Now, don't get me wrong. I thank God for our doctors. I thank God for our nurses. I thank God for our hospitals. I thank God for our technology. All the machines and all the tools and all the equipment and all the education and all the understanding and all the knowledge and all the beautiful uh, the medical uh, understanding and technology that we have today that is that is able to uh, save so many lives. But even doctors will admit that there are certain things that God has to do and that they cannot do. And that's called divine healing or healing that comes from the Lord or from God. Supernatural, miraculous healing. So we were talking about that and the power of our God to heal supernaturally and miraculously. And Nina, one of the students, began to ask about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now, she didn't know that I had already been praying about, uh, speaking about this. So she... Uh, just basically confirmed uh, the interest and the desire and the importance of the ministry of the Holy Spirit. 
And there are two specific gifts given to people by the Holy Spirit that have to do with healing and miracles. One is the is gifts of healing, and the other is the working of miracles. Uh, but let me just read. Let me say, take some time to read the list of the gifts here in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 8 through 11. It says this, For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, and here it is, to another, gifts of healings by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. These are gifts that God gives to people so that they could pray for people and receive these kind of uh, gifts from God. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. And then about a week later, uh, at our Sunday evening prayer meeting, uh, Danielle Cervantes, um, she was leading us in a prayer on a Sunday night. And for those of you that were here on that Sunday night, or for those of you that had tuned in on that Sunday evening for our prayer, uh, prayer time, the Spirit of the Lord, I felt anyway in my heart that the Spirit of the Lord really touched her. And she began to pray a very anointed and prophetic prayer. And in that prayer, there was a sincere desire, almost a desperate desire. I don't know, are any of you desperate to see God move in our country? Is anyone that desperate anymore? Does anybody care? Does anybody wonder about how far all this wickedness and rebellion is going to go on in our country and in our world? Hopefully you're starting to care and cry out to God and we need to see God move. Can you say amen, church? So that was the kind of desperate prayer that she prayed and it really touched my heart. As a matter of fact, uh, I want to show you the video since we have all of our services recorded now. All of you guys are busted. I have proof of everything that you guys do, okay? So let, let's just show this video. It's a repeat of what we saw a few weeks ago when Danielle prayed because it touched my heart. Hopefully it will encourage yours. By the way, I asked her permission to do this, okay? I'm just not putting her on blast by shock here. All right. Okay, so we need to start it over and we need volume because the very beginning is probably the most important part. To me, anyway. Okay. Uh, what's wrong? Oh, I think, can everybody see okay? Okay. I still need volume. Without that volume, it's not going to make any sense. Danielle, you look beautiful up there, by the way. Okay. It's nice to see you up there. But we need to hear what she's talking about. Or are we struggling with our technology? I don't know why. Okay. Let's just blame it on the, on the enemy that's trying to prevent us from seeing this, right? Okay? Because he is the prince. I hate to give him credit, but he is the prince of the power of the air. I mean, he does control the airwaves. That's why social media, television, radio, all, uh, all the movie theaters, all that is controlled by the enemy, unfortunately. I need for you to start it over from the very beginning because the very beginning is very important. Okay? Can we do that? Jesus, help us. Foster care facilities. Okay, we'll start it over from the very beginning if you can. Um, so, uh, so tonight I'll be praying for um, the family, marriages, single parents, um, the foster care facilities, adoptions. Um, so I have to admit that every time that I come up to pray, I, I have to usually like think about it. But actually tonight, um, I'm just led by the Holy Spirit. Um, 
um, I think it was confirmation because Sal uh, um, actually said it this morning and then Pastor Christine said it tonight. And um, I just want to pray for um, um, actually the gifts um, that God just um, unleashes his Holy Spirit and that um, that the gifts of prophecy, healing, and just the gifts that are released upon um, God's people. So, um, Father God, I come to you tonight. Father God, I just ask, Father God, that you, Father God, just unleash, Father God, um, the gifts, Father God, and that you raise up, Father God, a strong um, a strong nation, Father God, of Christians, Father God, of people, Father God, that will just go out, Father God, and just do your will, Father God. I ask, Father God, for the gifts of healing, Father God, that you, Father God, just raise them up, Father God, and that they're not afraid, Father God. They just are led, Father God, by your spirit, Father God. I ask, Father God, for the families, Father God, and for those single parents, Father God. I ask, Father God, that you just step in, Father God, and just raise them up, Father God, Help them, Father God, help those mothers and fathers to just um, just depend upon you, Father God. I ask, Father God, that you, Father God, just um, put it upon their hearts, Father God, that they raise their children, Father God, in a godly way, Father God. I ask, Father God, just that you watch over them, Father God. Watch over our children, Father God. Wash them in the land's blood, Father God, and just keep them safe, Father God. Help those, Father God, in foster care, Father God. Just watch over them, Father God, and help them, Father God. I ask, Father God, that you, Father God, just guide them, Father God, and guard them, Father God. I ask, Father God, for they are precious, Father God. I thank you, Father God, just for all the things that you've given, Father God, for your miraculous healings, Father God. I thank you, Father God, just for who you are. I just thank you, Father God, just for all the things, Father God, that you brought us through this year, Father God. All the um, challenges, Father God, and all the, you know, just the circumstances, Father God. I ask, Father God, that you, Father God, watch over those, Father God, that are going through family crises right now, Father God. Do you just help them, Father God? Help them, Father God, to be obedient to you and to live in love and honor you, Father God. I thank you, Father God, just for all things you have given, Father God. Please watch over your people, Father God. Please, Father God, bless them. In Jesus' mighty name I pray, amen. Amen. Wasn't that awesome? I thought it was beautiful. So tonight I'll be praying for um, I mean, it touched my heart because I know that it came from her heart. It was, it was a beautiful prayer. And then someone who always encourages me to speak on the Holy Spirit uh, because it's such a critical part of the personality of our congregation is our brother and elder, John Garcia Sr. I see you there, John Garcia Sr. He's always encouraging me to speak on the Holy Spirit, especially he loves it when we teach on the Holy Spirit and specifically when we encourage people to seek God for the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking and praying in tongues or the language of the Spirit. This has always been an important prayer on, on his heart. He just wants to see more people receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. He doesn't want that to stop. He is an elder of our church. He's been here for many, many years, and that's a very, very important part of his spirit. So thank you, John, for always encouraging me and, uh, and encouraging us to uh, Keep that alive in our church and in our ministry here, uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So for all these reasons, I'm prompted today to begin a series of teachings about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. But 
Now, but the thing about the ministry of the Holy Spirit, teaching on the Holy Spirit, is that it is very unique. It's different than any other subject that's taught in the Bible because I can teach it. We can teach the letter of the law. We can teach it, but every individual has to decide for themselves if it is important enough to them to pursue the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to give you an example. I hope that you're not offended by these examples, but I'm trying to see if I can make a point here to help you understand how unique the teaching of the Holy Spirit is. Uh, for example, in sports, let's say basketball, you can teach a young person the proper way to dribble and pass and shoot the ball. And if they're interested, they're going to continue to practice those basic principles. If not, they go on with their lives and they pursue other interests. However, if they practice and work at it, there comes a time in that individual's life where they begin to flow on the basketball court because all those moves and all that practice and all that preparation begins to make sense and everything begins to click and you become one with four other players on the basketball court and it's a beautiful thing to watch. The same thing with dancing. You can show someone the basic steps of a dance, but if they don't pursue it or practice it or develop it, then they will never be a good dancer. However, if they take it seriously, if they practice it, the same thing begins to happen. At some point, their dancing goes from being stiff and jerky to smooth and artistic. The same thing with music. You can teach someone some basic chords on a guitar or a piano or any, any other instrument and they begin to, and if they practice and work at it, they will eventually flow and be able to play their music with emotion and feeling. The ministry of the Holy Spirit is kind of like that. We can teach on it, but there are many churches that sadly do not pursue the gifts of the Holy Spirit, nor are they interested in them. And if even, even if they're taught, like we're going to do here this morning or begin this morning, even if we teach on it, there will be those in church who are not really interested in the gifts. They will say, well, it's a good service and that was a good uh, subject matter. It's interesting, but I'm not interested. I'm going to live my life. But perhaps... I'm hoping that perhaps there is someone, an individual or a few individuals that will begin to sincerely seek God and desire and be hungry for God enough to the point where they will go after God and the gifts. You gotta go after this. You gotta pursue this. You gotta seek this. This is not, this is a very mysterious thing. I can teach on it. I can encourage it. I can, uh, I can do everything that I can to, 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 uh, to make you want it, but you gotta go after it. Does that make sense to you, everyone? Can I say, can you say amen? Okay. You gotta go after this. This is not something that is easy to deal with or to really even understand. It's a very mysterious thing because we're talking about the Holy Spirit. Listen to what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 31. It says, But earnestly desire the best gifts, and yet I show you a more excellent way. The key word there is desire. There's going to be those of you that care and that desire, and there's going to be those of you that don't care and don't desire. Either way is okay. You don't have to have the gifts to be saved, okay? But it's something that God has available, and he wants us to have a desire for. Listen to what it says in 1 Corinthians 12, 31 in the NIV. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire 
gifts of the Spirit. It uses the word eagerly there. In the previous words in the New King James, it says earnestly desire. Here it says eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. In in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1, in the New Living Translation, it says this. Let love be your highest goal, but you should also desire, there's that word again, desire the special abilities the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 12 says this, Even so you, since you are zealous for spiritual gifts, you have to be zealous. You have to have a desire for these gifts. Let it be for the edification of the church that you seek to excel. 1 Corinthians 14, 12, same verse, but in the NIV it says this, So it is with you, since you are eager for gifts of the Spirit, try to excel in those that build up the church. So very clearly, the work and ministry of the Holy Spirit is a work of God flowing in and through you for the purposes of making the church strong and holy. A little while ago, I hate to uh, to make a big issue out of it, but we saw Danielle uh, praying, and God was flowing through her. God was speaking through her, motivated f- with her. And that's the work or the ministry or the function of the Holy Spirit. And you know what is so cool about our Lord? Listen to what Jesus Christ tells us in Luke chapter 11, verses 9 through 13. This is what he says. He says, so I say to you, this is Jesus speaking, and he says, so I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives, and he who seeks, finds, and to him who knocks, it will be open. Now, let me ask you this question. Is God is God the truth or is he the liar? He is the truth, right? So when he says to ask and when he says uh, to, to seek and when he says to knock and he says that we will find and he will open and he will give us the desires of our heart, is he speaking the truth to us, church? He is. So I'm going to read it again. It says, so I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. So he wants us to desire. He wants us to uh, go after. He wants us to knock, to seek, and, and to go after this. Now, again, you don't have to. And if you're not interested, that's okay. But this is something that God wants to do for the church. And in my opinion, we need this. We need this very, very desperately because this world is messed up this world is in trouble this world is in darkness and it needs help and guess who's going to provide that help you through the power of the holy spirit working through you that's who's going to provide the help and the answers but here's the mysterious thing about our god here is the mysterious thing about our god you and i can never figure god out did you hear what i just said 
No matter how hard we try, we're never going to be able to figure God out. Here's a red flag warning. Here's a spiritual amber alert. God can do whatever he wants to do whenever he wants to do it. With whomever he wants to do it. Because he's God. Red flag alert to all of you, especially those of you that are saying here, ah, oh, this is no big deal. Oh, I'm not really concerned. Oh, I don't really care. Those of you that are shy and timid and introverted and say, oh, I don't want to do, I don't want any of that stuff. I don't want any attention. I don't want anybody to look at me. I pray that Pastor Jerry never puts my, my face on that video camera up there. Here's the thing about our God. He can do whatever he wants to do, which is why this ministry of the Holy Spirit is so mysterious. You know, there have been Baptist preachers. Now, I would say that the Baptist, conservative Baptist uh, churches are probably the ones that are the most against the ministry of the Holy Spirit or the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Great preachers, by the way. Most Baptist preachers, even though they don't believe in the gifts, don't believe in the uh, ministry of the Holy Spirit. They're great preachers. Hardcore, word of God. It's the, part of the, the best preachers of the word, okay? And they're hardcore against the Holy Spirit. But see, even their own stubbornness cannot stop God from touching them. There have been so many of these conservative Baptist preachers that don't even believe in the Holy Spirit. And guess what? God touches them anyway. He touches them anyway, and they begin to speak in tongues, and they begin to get anointed, and they become even more powerful in their ministries. That's why we can't figure God out. We're going to teach about this. We're going to minister about this, but it's a God thing. It's not a man thing. It's a God thing, okay? I like what it says in the book of Acts real quickly. Let me just read this real quick, okay? In the book of Acts, chapter 19, listen to what it says here, okay? And it happened, starting at verse 1, and it happened while Apollos was in Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus, and finding some disciples, he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said to him, We have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. We don't even know what you're talking about. And he said to them, into what then were you baptized? So they said, into John's baptism, which is a baptism of water. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. This is where we're talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Now, the men were about 12 in all. They weren't even looking for it. They didn't even know about it. And yet, Paul prayed for them, and they received the Holy Spirit. God is very mysterious, church. And he can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants, with whoever he wants. I like what it says in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 11. It says this, but one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually 
as he wills. It's in accordance to what God wills to do in our lives. You and I really don't have any control over it. It's in God's control. That's why it's very mysterious. God is in control of all this. Romans chapter 11 verse 33 says this, Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. We can teach on this. We can minister on this. We can encourage this. But God's ways are way past finding out how he does it, when he does it, with whoever he does it. It's up to the Lord. But we need to open our hearts and seek it and go after it. Isaiah 55 verse 9, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. So church, how many of you understand that we're talking about something that is a God thing, not a man thing? You can't get this in the universities. You can't this get this in the technology school. You have to get it from the Lord. And it's really up to him how he chooses to do this. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask Darlene to come up at this time because she shared with me an experience that she had that I feel was really, really powerful. And I want her to share her testimony and uh, it's just an example of the work of the Holy Spirit. And uh, Terry, do me a favor. Make sure that Terry Brem, make sure that that microphone is on for her. Okay. And Darlene, you have your option of either standing down here, wherever you're comfortable, or all the way up here. Okay. Okay. Very good. Make sure that it's uh, that it's on. I want her to share this testimony, this experience that she had, where the Holy Spirit helped her. And just to give you an example of how precious and beautiful the Holy Spirit is, okay? Go ahead, Darlene. Well, I was in the hospital and... Hello? Yeah. I was in the hospital and I had a hole in my colon. And apparently they didn't get all the debris out. And they don't get all the debris out. What's going to happen is you'll die. So they went to do an ultrasound on me. And they took me down to the room to do the ultrasound. And when I went into the room, the whole room smelled like frankincense and myrrh to me. It was overpowering. And I asked the man that was in there, are you wearing cologne? And he said, no, I'm not. I said, are you sure? He said, yes, ma'am, we can't wear cologne doing this job. We're not allowed to. So I said, oh, okay. So I said, well, do you smell that smell? He said, what smell? I said, it smells so strong like frankincense and myrrh. And he goes, no, ma'am. He says, I don't smell anything. So I kept asking, are you sure? Are you sure? And he was like, yes, I'm sure. So I was probably very annoying to him because I kept saying it, repeating it over and over. And then a woman came in and I asked her, are you wearing perfume? She was like, no, she gave me the same answer. We're not allowed to wear perfume in doing this procedure. And I said, do you smell that smell? It smells like frankincense and myrrh. And she was like, no, ma'am, I don't smell anything. And they were starting to talk to each other, probably saying this lady's crazy, you know. (laughs) Frankincense and myrrh. Maybe they didn't even know what it was. I don't know, but... I kept saying, like, you sure you people don't smell that? It's so strong. No, nothing. All right. So they're going to start. They're giving me the ultrasound. 
and their instructions are to do the ultrasound on the left side because that's where they stapled the rest of the col my the rest of my colon. They stapled it to my left rib cage. The col the rest of my colon that they saved, and um, I kept telling them, no, no, you're not going to find anything there. And they say, this is where our orders are to, to do the ultrasound on, down at the bottom and up on the left-hand side. So I kept saying, no, 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 nothing is going to be there. You're not going to find anything there. And they said, well, this is where we're ordered to do the ultrasound. And I said, well, you're not going to find anything. You're not going to find anything. You have to look on the right. You have to look on the right. That's where the more of the smell is. The smell is on the right. It's really so strong over here. You have to look on the right. And they were getting really annoyed by me. And I, I said, it's going to be on the right. And they said, ma'am, nothing is going to be over there. That's not where we did the surgery. That's not where anything's going to be. Nothing's supposed to be over there. That's not where we have orders to look. Well, they finally got annoyed at me. And they said, well, look just to satisfy you, you know. The minute they took the ultrasound thing and put it over here on the right to go and look, the ultrasound machine went beep, 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 beep. It went crazy because all the debris that was not supposed to be there was all there. It was all on the right side. And as soon as they found all the debris in the wrong spot that wasn't supposed to be there at all, they found it and they were like, wow, this is not right. But they found all the debris on the right-hand side. As soon as they found it, the smell of frankincense and myrrh disappeared. It was gone. So to me, that was the Lord or the Holy Spirit helping me to be an annoying person to them so that I could help them find the debris that saved my life, because if not, I wouldn't be here. So, thank you. Go ahead and put the mic down, okay? Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Let's say thank you to Darlene once again for sharing that. Now, by the way, if you ever have some time, you need to sit down with her and have a come. That's just one of a number of miracles that she's experienced in her life. But... The reason why I thought that was so awesome is because what a mysterious thing that she was in that hospital and she was smelling the scent, the sweet scent, and it was the Holy Spirit speaking to her and telling her exactly what she needed to know. She was instructing them. They didn't, of course, believe her or paying attention to her, but it was God that was speaking to her, encouraging her. This is called a gift of the word of knowledge. God giving you knowledge, supernatural knowledge to know something that is impossible to know unless it comes from God. That's a gift that God gives us. And he chose to reveal that to our sister Darlene at that moment of her life, which in a sense literally did save her life. Because let me tell you what could have happened. I'm not sure if it would have, but what could have happened is they would have examined her on her left side. They would have said, we found nothing, we found nothing. I can't tell you how many times doctors have examined people and they say, we find nothing, we find nothing, but that person is really sick and there's something going on. They probably would have never found it possibly and she would have ended up dying from that infection. But God 
revealed to her supernaturally. She's not a doctor. She's not trained. All she had was God revealing to her supernaturally this word of knowledge, this understanding that it was on her right side, and boom, they picked it up, and it saved her life. So thank you, Dr. Jesus, who told her what to do. Can you say amen, church? Okay? So um, now I have to make a decision. What I'm going to do right now is... Remember, we started off with good old John the Baptist. What does John the Baptist have to do with the ministry of the Holy Spirit? Well, we're going to have to leave John the Baptist in the wilderness for a week, okay? Because I'm going to connect John the Baptist. But remember, he was telling the people he was there to prepare the way of the Lord. And he saw the Lamb of God. And he said, I baptize you with water unto repentance. But there is one coming after me whose sandals I am not worthy to tie, he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. We're going to be talking about that next week. Right now, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray right now, Lord, that you, Father, would just bless this series of lessons that we're going to have on the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And, Lord, we don't want it just to be lecture. We don't want it just to be, Lord God, teaching. We want it, Lord God, to be an experience, Lord. We want it to be an experience that comes from you because, Father, there are people out, out, out of these walls, Lord God, outside of these walls that are needing to see, Lord God, the demonstration of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And so, Father, as we begin to pray and seek your face, we pray that you will begin to anoint our minds and our hearts and help us to be open, Lord God, to be willing to receive of these gifts, Lord God. If you're here this morning and you say, Jerry, I am not a Christian. I have never surrendered my life to Jesus. If I were to die today or if Jesus were to come, I'm not sure if I would go to heaven. If that's you here this morning, just lift up your hand. You are not a Christian and you want to surrender your life to Jesus here this morning. Just lift up your hand and we will pray. Anyone at all. Those of you that are watching online. If you're watching online and you say, you know what? I want to get to know this God who is powerful and yet very mysterious, who is loving, loving and kind, and who is here to help us. If you're ready to make that decision, I want you to repeat this prayer of repentance, the same type of prayer that John the Baptist was leading the people in when he was here on earth. This is the prayer of repentance. Say these words, Father, in the name of Jesus, I come before you and I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I thank you, Jesus, that you died on the cross for me. And today I receive the free gift of salvation that you offer to all mankind. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you said that prayer, please contact us. We'll get you a Bible. We'll get you some information. We'll help you to understand exactly this decision, the impact that this decision is going to have on your life. And we appreciate you joining with us. I'm going to ask a favor of all of you that are here this morning. If we could all make our way up to the altar. And uh, Julie, maybe uh, Spirit of the Living God, fall afresh on me. I don't know. I'm, sure, I'm not sure if Rob knows that song. But if you could lead us in that, let's make our way up to the altar and let's go before our God and let's ask him to begin the process 
of allowing his spirit to begin to move in our lives, to be open uh, to his will and his purposes in our lives, that he will use you, even though you may think, who am I? I'm not qualified. I'm not worthy. But you know what? God can do whatever he wants to do. And if he wants to use you to minister to those that are hurting or those that are discouraged or those that need help, listen, let's be open to that right now. Thank you, Lord.